Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 502 with a review of Incredibles 2. I am Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film Ish. review podcast. Um, and each week, each week that we do release an episode, we dive in, debate, discuss, and argue about whatever the latest film release is that's coming to a theater near you. This week, um, we're continuing to come back from our sort of hiatus. Uh, you know, we've we, we, we kind of shoved some stuff in the feed to make way for. We, the... we made it look like our hiatus wasn't as long as it was actually. Yeah. We we kind of rolled out episodes for a few weeks. Like the last one we did was solo, and we recorded that like the day after solo came out. It's not like we sat on that for a long time, but to certain listeners, it might it, it might have appeared that we've actually been busy during the month of May, but yeah. rest assured we have not been. Yeah, basically, if you if, the, if this literally literally is your first time listening to the podcast and you just scroll through the feed, date-wise, it looks like we were doing fine. Um, but yeah, life has been busy. We have not had a lot of time, but we're going to try to make up um, a little bit for that, and we're going to have three reviews that are going to come out um, over the course of this next week. Um, this review of Incredibles 2, um, there will be a review of Ocean's 8, mm-hmm. and then also a review of Won't You Be My Neighbor. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know how long Won't You Be My Neighbor will be, but I mean, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to get that, consider that like a little bonus episode. Yeah. But, uh, we're just going to cry together for like five minutes and then <laughs> turn the microphones off. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, so we're here. Um, we are here, Stephen, to talk about the latest film from Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the film Incredibles 2. Uh, th- this time around, we didn't get an Olaf short. Nope. <laughs> we got a real, honest to God, short film before this film Incredibles 2. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts on that before we get started talking about the real, real film? So I should have at least done enough research to remember was the name of it Bao? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Bao. Yeah, so Bao, it's basically the story of a Chinese mother who has a kid made out of a Chinese dumpling, (laughs) a pork dumpling, and at some point, the pork dumpling becomes a person who eats dumplings. (laughs) I think think it's okay for me to spoil that. Um, Yeah, I I don't don't know. the concept was a little odd, but I thought the execution was sweet. Like, the, the story is very obviously about, like, you know, mothers, especially, like, immigrant mothers raising a kid to be like them, and then the kid goes off and rebels, but then the kid later shows signs of respecting their heritage, and it's about, like, closing the loop there. Yeah. I, I thought it was sweet. I, I didn't have many thoughts about it. To be honest, I was next to people on either side of me who were, like, being quite loud during the movie. So I I wasn't fully invested yet while the, a lot of people were like going to their seats still. One girl during the short asked me if this was one of those theaters where the chairs move around. Um, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So that was, that was fun. But yeah, I I wasn't fully invested in it, but it wasn't lava or anything. Like it was, (laughs) it it was acceptable. How how did you feel? I I thought this is an incredibly beautiful short. Like I, I, I I mean, it starts off as just kind of like a, a, a cute, fun little kind of thing right like it, it kind of just starts as playful and you quickly sort of realize that this little dumpling child that is sort of just a cute little fanciful thing like you start to realize that it has a connection to like a real life person that right. is like it is representing in the context of this thing and i thought that by the end of it uh i thought it was a beautiful story made me tear up a little mm-hmm. bit um i 
I think I, I'm, I'm a sucker for like these these like really short emotional vignettes of like the life of of a person. And um, it, it's, it's kind of nice, too, because this is like this film came out on Father's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a story that kind of centers around a father and him trying to. It's, it's like the male version of Tully. Right. right. Um, and, uh, you know, before we get into that story, like we just have this nice, sweet uh, don't forget your mom type of yeah, story. Yeah, to motherhood. Um, so I, I definitely thought the the way the short wraps up was very tender and heartwarming. Like yeah, I, yeah. I felt the pathos there. I don't know. It took me a little while to figure out what the film was doing or whether it was just playing with the idea of what if a dumpling was a kid, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and yeah. it was clear that it had more emotional resonance with that. So I, I like that. I, like it I, I think that is like the beauty of it is, is mm. it, start, it starts out as like what if a child was a dumpling and it like was as weak as like a dumpling. Like, you know, right. Like there's just, yeah. they're just visual gags with like what would happen if like a dumpling child tried to head a soccer ball. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like those things are just funny and cute. But then like y- as you start to see, feel and see the turn, you're like, oh, it's a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I think, I think it does that turn in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And then it like, it makes the turn and then you start to realize it. But then you, that you kind of like rewatch the last 30 seconds yeah. with that context in your head. And just, I just thought it was, it was a very moving piece. I'm glad to see that they got like another real Pixar short out in front of this film because, mm-hmm. We're all we all agree that uh, Coco was almost ruined by the short before the beginning of it. Um, we do not all agree in that. No, we don't. Uh, Coco couldn't have been ruined by but anything. This was definitely better than Olaf's Winter Wonderland yeah. or whatever that short I, was. I, I, I wanted <laughs> when I was thinking back, like as I was thinking in the context of seeing this short and then the movie, I wanted one of the post credit scenes in Deadpool two <laughs> to be him going back and just shooting Olaf in the middle of that short. Um, I know it wouldn't make sense why that was happening, but I just, when I think back to that short, I want Deadpool to show up and just assassinate um, Olaf. Anyways, well, you, know, you dim some, you lose some. Nice. <laughs> uh, but anyways, let's uh, go ahead and get into our review of Incredibles two. Um, we're going to take a listen to the trailer, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Did you wash your hands? With soap? Did you dry them? What? Is this all vegetables? Who wanted all vegetables? I did. So, are we going to talk about it? Why? The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes. And Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? Sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it this I don't way. know that way. Why would they change math? Math is math. Okay, math Dad. is math. Hello? Hey, honey. How are the kids? Everything's great. Is she having adolescence? And Jack Jack? He's in excellent health. Num num cooking. Cooking. Wow. Okay. That is freaky. You know it's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. 
You've got to, so our kids can have that choice. Thank you, young man. Combustion imminent? What does that mean? Ah! It means fire, Robert. Green Slater interrupts this program for an important announcement. Suit up. It might get weird. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. All right. So that was the trailer for Incredibles 2. Um, this film literally picks up the moment the last film ended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the so, I mean, if, if I could digress for a second. Uh, did, did you see this Al- Alamo? No, I didn't. Okay. So uh, Alamo has the tendency to like play things before the film. And sometimes it's other things that the director made or it's things that are in the same genre as it. Or it's like cartoons that are thematically similar to whatever the drama is that you're going to see. Things that are weird. Right before the film started, they had a last time on Incredibles 2. And it was just like scene by scene went through the entire like previous film just to get you caught up. Mm-hmm. And I was very appreciative of that because I haven't revisited Incredibles since it first came out. Yeah, nor have I. Uh, um, so it was nice to like see that end with uh, whatever the dr- drill guy's name is. Uh, what, what's the... Underminer? Underminer, yeah. 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 Um, like <laughs> to see that and then be like, okay, cool. I know where we're at. We're good. And then have the movie start there and be like, okay. Uh, anyway, so it basically picks up right where that story left off. And uh, superheroes have been outlawed. They're not allowed. Um, people don't like... I mean, it's sort of a Team America thing, right? The, mm-hmm. they're, they're worried that when heroes go try to do their hero thing without any sort of regulation, they can d- destroy cities and cause a bunch of damage and things will be bad for them. Um, so they're outlawed. Um, a enterprising individual and a sister kind of create this group of people who are trying to bring heroes back to the spotlight. And uh, Mr. Incredible has to hang out at home and watch the kids while uh, <laughs> Mrs. Incredible... Um, Elastigirl um, goes out and starts to be the first hero to kind of bring attention back to heroes and hopefully make it so that the world would have a giant accord. Um, If anything we've learned from the Marvel films is that people love accords. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That basically people will come together and sign a thing that lets heroes come back. Big old plot. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Incredibles 2? I I think this was a quite good story with a very good execution. I think like... Plot-wise, you know, I, I like The uh, Incredibles a lot, the original film. I, like you, haven't revisited it since it came out, so it wasn't, like, fresh in my memory who all the characters were or what the underminer was <laughs> or, you know, like, the, the basic premise of where it left off. I, I didn't really remember that. I remembered they were superheroes under witness protection. The family had learned to be a superhero family, and that that's pretty much all I remembered from the original movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack-Jack was a thing, and I, I think it was him... <laughs> It was shown that he had powers in the first movie. I think that's true. Um, but yeah, so otherwise I didn't come in with like many expectations. And I think the the movie would play better if you did. Like I think the movie would play better if these were beloved characters and you were thinking, oh, when are they going to visit E again, you know, or something like that. Like that would, that would give the film a little bump. Um, as it stands, I think like thematically it doesn't break a whole lot of new ground, though there's tons of playfulness in it. Like, you, you kind of mentioned that while Elastigirl is out trying to save the world or do her superhero thing, uh, Mr. Incredible is learning how to be a father yeah. uh, at home. And, like, on paper, the, like, Mr. Mom thing sounds, like, lame, right? It's like, okay, yeah, ooh, raising a kid is going to be so hard. This is going to be 
you know, it just feels like a like TBS sitcom or something like that. But but in practice, the things that he actually has to deal with, particularly Jack Jack, who I think threatened yeah. to be like a baby Groot or a minion type character and is not at all like I think he's much better than that. Um, yeah. I think the the threat that like Jack Jack presents or the the issues that the other kids present to him are actually like really good and thoughtful. And I think the film does a good job with it. And it doesn't just feel like some like bad stand up routine about how like parenting is difficult, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I particularly actually felt moved by a bit where he has to learn the new math, like yeah, Common yeah, no, Core, I that, imagine. Yeah, that was that was that was incredible. Yeah, and I, I mean, it was not, very incredible. Not not, not fun. It, it was <laughs> no super, pun intended. Super, if you will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I thought the movie was going to be making like a hacky joke about Common Core, like why did they change math? And, yeah. and instead, it winds up really like turning around and being like a very. I mean, gentle. <laughs> he does constantly yell, "Why would they change math?" He, he does, but he's the butt of the joke in that, yeah, yeah, in yeah. that incident. Um, and then, of course, while all that is going on, the Elastigirl subplot I think is great. I think the the action in this movie, particularly in the kind of culminating scene, we get we get an action sequence that I think would put most Marvel movies to shame. And I know it's different. Like obviously, computer animated characters can do things that real people can't, but. There are things that happen in this movie where, like, six or seven different superheroes are fighting at once, and each are using their, like, unique powers in a way that is perfect for the situation. Yeah. And it's just wonderfully executed. I thought it was great. Um, that, that, that if I can jump in real fast, like, that was one of the things. I, I love that big combat scene, because what, what we see in things in, in Civil Bro... When there's the big airport, right? Civil Bros, the yeah. big airport scene. Um, in that scene, they don't go, oh, let's randomly pair heroes and then come up with exactly what that hero would do to counter the other hero's thing. What they do is pick the two heroes who are kind of the, the same equivalents and just have them do a standard fight together. Yeah. And that's not entertaining. Right. But the way that like Void gets inside of... of What's her face's bubble things that she creates? Um, uh, Evelyn Vi- Dever. Violet. Oh, 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 oh! Sorry, Void getting inside of Violet's bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Like the way that plays out, and the way like a person is doing things that are really cool and creative with their powers, but then how that is countered by a person who has completely unrelated powers mm-hmm. is just a really interesting thing. Like that's that's one of the things that ha- that made. Um, the the Avatar series, the cartoon, and the Legend of Korra so good is because they were they came up with creative ways to show the bending powers being used and how they were used to attack and counter other bendings, uh, other benders of different type. Um, and I think that this film just does an excellent job of of taking these characters that are seemingly silly or lame, yeah. and then doing really awesome things with them and having them outsmart each other and having you have to be creative in the way you attack somebody not just like i'm the hero and my powers are bigger so ah yeah they're very if not evenly matched at least they tip the scales in a way where anytime one person has an advantage a third will come in and screw it up and so it kind of like it's a constant there's constant stakes to the fighting. Like you, you always feel like you can tell what discrete move is the thing that won that battle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was really cool to see. Just in general, the action, even when it's just Elastigirl, there's a set piece early on where she has to stop a moving train, and she's on a special Elasta bike that can split in two along with her. And just I think the the physics of that, like just the the choreography of that whole scene, I think is just really, really excellently done. So yeah. action, definitely a big plus of this movie. The, the only reason I'm not like 
just showering love over the film is I think as a Pixar movie, meaning like as a movie that has something new and heartfelt to say, I, I don't totally know what this is getting at. This feels more like episodic of this is the family you loved and here they are with trial number two. But after like, you know, a decade plus wait, it, it just, the movie didn't feel quite as consequential in the big idea side of things as I maybe expected it to. But I think it's like totally excellent entry into the genre. Um, it's just, it's more like a really good animated superhero movie than it is a Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, well, in, in a... <laughs> In a funny twist of irony there, um, I, I don't want to say too much about this plot, um, but did, did you see the trailer for uh, Teen Titans Go or whatever the movie is called before No, Incredibles? not before this one. Um, so they played that trailer in front of it. And um, in that trailer, you know, it's a bunch of like these lesser versions of these heroes, like sidekicks and stuff like that, who have to go take on this big bad. And I'm pretty sure that the villain's plot is identical in that cartoon to the villain's plot in this film. Um, it, there's there's just a visual thing that happens in both, which involves a hand gesture that I'm doing only for Steven right now, yeah. that I'm pretty sure is exactly what the villain does in the other film, which was, it was just super weird to like see that. I mean, essentially, the, the villain in this story um, is a combination of the Batman and Lex Luthor plot from uh, Justice League. Or sorry, uh, Batman v Superman. It's like it's a sim- similar sentiment. Like you know, heroes are bad. We should do something about heroes. A little different. The, the Batman v Superman is like heroes get too much power, and this is like a kind of weirdly like crotchety old right wing like entitlements are making millennials lazy. Like I, f- I feel like that was what? That, that was that the plot. The plot she, is that 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 th- heroes. This person says that if. If you rely on heroes, you won't learn to fend for yourself, and then you're going to be screwed. That's like the argument of this movie is that you can't just rely on a third party. You have to learn how to do it yourself. And in a world without heroes, certain but I mean, it, it's I, hard I, without I, giving away. I thought that was the character's personal motiva- motivation in the context of solving the problem of heroes. But I thought that the sentiment of the character is that the sp- pure existence of heroes is bad um, because they're un- an unchecked power that mm. um, operates on their own and thinks they're okay too. Anyways. That's, that's not how I read it. That's, it's neither, neither here nor there. But I, I just felt that there were similarities between the motivations of Lex Luthor and of Batman in Batman v Superman. And uh, <laughs> there was this like analog to this Teen Titans Go movie that's coming out. Mm. And it was just funny to see all these things like merge together in this story that I, I thought was, was very, very good. Yeah. Um, but anyways, go on. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a good story in retrospect. I, d- I don't know what it is. There's something about the pacing of it maybe where I felt like I wanted the Elastigirl arc to get like really fleshed out. Like I wanted her to have like a number of adventures and like build and build and build up to fame before it all breaks. And instead there's something a little bit hurried about the way this movie is framed where like her arc starts to rise. And then all of a sudden we are in the final act. And I, I just felt like there were, it isn't that this movie needed to be longer. It's just, there was something about the pacing that didn't feel like as intuitive as some of the best Pixar movies feel where I feel like I can like roll up and down the character arcs, you know, this didn't quite have that for me, but it's a minor nitpick. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I really loved it. Um, I think, I think the film on the whole somehow for, I mean, maybe it's just my headspace lately, but I feel that like 
a lot of Pixar films uh, uh, lately have a problem where there are some things that are added to the story to be there for the kids, to keep the kids entertained. And then there's this overall adult story that's taking place. And like, for instance, in the film Up, it is the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, in Wally, it's the fat humans. It's like there's like a bunch of things that are always there that ruin the story for me because we have to like take this like screech to a halt to have all these like silly, stupid do- like dog scenes or whatever in a Pixar story just so that we can make sure the kids aren't falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And I feel that like Jack-Jack could have been that. But instead, I loved everything with Jack Jack. <laughs> like I was just like rolling on the ground anytime Jack Jack was doing anything. Um, there's a scene where he fights a raccoon. Oh yeah, which is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, that is like that is what you know. Like before every Ice Age movie, there's a short, the stupid squirrel that wants to that get That is get exactly egg. what it was like. That is. If you took all of what each of those shorts was supposed to be, that is this scene. Mm-hmm. But you make it like a superpowered baby with a bunch of different powers. And it's so brilliant. It's so funny. I or loved it's every- Peter Griffin versus the giant chicken. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just, it was just so great. And then like it becomes greater as you realize like when the father sees what's happening and how he has to react to it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, it's so brilliant. I loved every moment of like all the Jack Jack stuff. I think the family dynamics are really, really touching. I mean, the first film was really about like, uh, I mean, if I can remember from a million years ago, uh, <laughs> I was a different person then. Um, but like, it was it was very much a, 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 about like this hero who has to sort of like half retire and like he's kind of getting old and like he's not quite the hero he once was, right? Like that was one of the sentiments of it, maybe not. Yeah, I think so. Okay, um, but. I feel like in this story, it's, it's a similar thing, but it's like, this is his chance to be rejuvenated and come back and be like, no, we're heroes again. But then like, oh, but the law makes us not heroes. And then he just wants to be back there and he gets this little lifeline of a guy and his sister wanting to like behind the scenes make it so heroes can be a thing again. And he's so excited about it, but they want his wife because he's just not that great. Right. And it's just, it's, there's a lot of touching things and like the way he tries to be there for each individual child and does things and like realizes his mistakes and tries to overcorrect for them. And like there's just there's these beautiful touching moments of just r- realness in this fantasy story that is very, very silly and heightened and like all this mm-hmm. weird stuff is happening. But it still feels grounded in real emotions between family members. Um, and I just loved all of that. Um, my. My only real complaint about the film is that I've seen too many films to not immediately know what the story was going to be. Like, sure, the I, I was going to say that started. it was a very predictable plot. But it's not just a, a a plot that becomes predictable. It's like I didn't think about it when I watched the trailers. But as soon as I, as soon as the story started, I was like, oh, that yeah. is the. <laughs> like, um, and, 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 and they that's, leave they leave little hints in the names even of what will happen. But anyway, yeah, I, I I just I feel like it's a thing where I it would be so awesome to watch the film without being able to see that. Um, and maybe like for children, I'm sure that like this is a children's film that that it needs to be. I I think that like kids won't see that kind of stuff coming. But I feel like as just like an adult who. <laughs> watches like 100 films a year you can't not see the way the plot is constructed like the way the story yeah. is constructed well, and, well and that's what's interesting is you mentioned this is a children's film and i guess i agree on paper but you also mentioned this doesn't have the normal sprinkling in of things just for the kids so i i if i didn't know that at least some 
some people in this office are parents and they've mentioned that their kids really liked this movie. If I didn't know that, I would actually have no idea how this plays with kids at all because in my mind, this is like a, the emotions at least are like fairly complicated to pick up on, you know, like a man feeling impotent and being left at home while his wife is doing something great yeah. or the the villain plots of like what is motivating people to do what they do. I feel like it's all pretty complicated for a little kid actually. It, it feels much more like a movie for people who were young enough to have have some fond memories of the original movie, and now they don't care how old you are anymore. Yeah. But then when you combine that with like the predictability that comes with a kid's movie, it, it's like a it's a very heartwarming combination. Like I, yeah, I yeah. like it just fine. I just don't totally get who it's aiming at. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, like it wasn't it wasn't meant to be like a r- real legitimate complaint against the film. It was just mm-hmm. a thing where it's like. As soon as it started, I'm like, oh, yeah. And it wasn't even like a fun, like I figured it out. It was just like, well, duh. <laughs> and But I, I mean, I still like the way the reveal is played for the characters. Like the there, there's a lot of interesting stuff. And I think that uh, Screen Slaver is actually like a pretty awesome villain, right? <laughs> like uh, there, there, there is a, a thing that I thought was happening for a second, um, which is that uh, because like the first time you see Screen Slaver, um, he appears like when the during a, a news broadcast where mm-hmm. Elastigirl is being interviewed and it appears at first that only men are affected by the tele not the, the telekinesis the uh the hypnosis mm-hmm. thing right um and i thought cuz there's a lot of like jokes about like like male female like like sure. gender gender dynamics and stuff like that like and i thought for a second this is going to be a thing where like it was going to turn out like only men were susceptible to this, this problem. Um, but the film did not go there. Uh, but yeah, just for, for a second, I was like, hmm, this seems suspicious. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think this this plays with the, the gender tropes well, though. Like th- there's definitely an air of like Honeymooners or some like old school sitcom here in the way that the, the men. I don't know when this is supposed to be set. Like, it's kind of old school looking, like the way people dress and stuff. It it doesn't feel like modern day. It feels more like old sitcom era. Um, but definitely the way, like, husbands and wives interact and the way Mr. Incredible feels about his wife getting all the glory. There, there's something kind of very old school here. But then the movie really goes out of its way to make, like, the female characters be the best in the movie. Almost... Almost unilaterally, like in fighting, I think Elastigirl and Void are the two coolest people in the yeah, movie. Yeah. And then other things that won't be mentioned here also play to that. So it, I just thought it was kind of cool to see them like update to 2018 and decide like we're going to go out of our way to make like lots of very cool characters who are women who actually get to kick ass rather than just like play the role of like maternal whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that was fun. I liked it. Much like the common core jokes. It, it seemed like it was going to be hacky at first, but then the way the movie actually approaches it feels very like uh, wholehearted and not not cynical at all. Like it felt like they're really taking this seriously and being like, "No, screw it, we're going to make this amazing for everyone." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I like that. And it is also too. Um, it it also flips back the other way a little bit too, where it's like one of the lessons they learn is that none of them has to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. They can all do whatever the job calls for at the moment. Like it doesn't have to be about let me help. It has to be about like you go do this because you're good at this. You go do this because you're good at this. And like figuring out how to divide things amongst a team in a way that allows you to accomplish a goal as a group rather than a solo person. Like mm-hmm. so, it, it was also doing that at the same time too, which was cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guess the main, what really gave this movie a bump for me is right before it started, the last trailer I saw was for Hotel Transylvania Three, <laughs> and that just reminded me of like what what an animated film for kids could be. Oh yeah, rather than the one that I got, and it's obviously night and day. So. Even though I nitpick a little bit on the plot details of this movie, it's like it's still so far surpassing some of the more boring kid fare that comes out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a great film. I laughed a lot. Um, I great voice acting too. I like obviously Craig T. Nelson and Holly Hunter are great, but I think newcomers too, like uh, Catherine Keener, um, Bob Odenkirk. It was fun. It was fun watching it. Like, I didn't look up anything before this movie, so it was fun watching it and, like, piecing together all the voices as they happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Odenkirk, like, his role was, like, perfect for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, obviously they make it look like him, too, but, like, <laughs> when <laughs> when I first saw the trailer, there was him, like, doing that type of role. I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm 100% there. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, we probably said about as much as we need to say about this film, so we might as well push on into our verdicts. Um, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, even though it's like, I think a tad weaker than some of the better Pixar movies, even the better Brad Bird movies, like Ratatouille's amazing, um, I still am giving this a must-see. Like, this is a very enjoyable movie, I think from an animation standpoint, it's like brilliantly executed. The action is amazing in this movie. And it's just fun. You know, it's good, clean fun for everyone. And I don't think it's a message-heavy movie in the way that maybe it could have been. I think there's a lot of stuff it could have chosen to tackle that it hints at. Like, it, it hints at things like, what do you do when the law tells you to do one thing, but morality tells you to do another and like there are little bits that they get like little conversations i'm like oh shit are they gonna go there no no they're not gonna go there (laughs) so it would have been interesting to see them try to do more just because this is already such a sophisticated concept for kids it seems like you can package a lot of kind of deep conversation in that would be difficult otherwise but for what it is great great movie i don't think anyone's going to be disappointed walking into this carson call in you can disagree <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that scene you're talking about in particular where like the dad is trying to explain that like the law is the law and you do what the law says but then mm-hmm. if the law is supposed to be fair and then if the law is not fair and then i was like they are incepting the shit out of some kids yeah. right now <laughs> um but yeah, yeah this this is an easy must see for me um i i thought it was really really fun um, an amazing ride. Great, uh, great watch. Uh, glad I saw the little recap before the movie started, but I think even without that, it's, it's still going to be, um, a, a very fun, enjoyable ride. It doesn't require you to have just watched the last one. Um, but, uh, yeah. So there you go. Two must-sees on this review of Incredibles 2. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this review. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. Um, if you want to find more episodes of the podcast, you can find those over at thespoilerwarning.com because a bunch of those are there. Um, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Incredibles 2, so hopefully you're enjoying that. 
And uh, yeah, we have some more reviews to go do. So we are going to take off, um, hop on our bike that splits apart. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> catch a train. <laughs> so a little bit of trivia while we go out. Did you know that the, the actor who played Jack-Jack is the same as the actor who played Jack-Jack 14 years ago? <laughs> really? Who was a child at that time? <laughs> I want to know how that works. I don't understand this. I'm, Eli Fusil is his name, and I'm trying to get more information. <laughs> that's a real commitment to keeping the original actor. No, that's <laughs> that's cool. I want to know the one person who would show up to this movie and been like, "That's not Jack Jack." <laughs> Maybe that's what that girl was talking about that was walking out of the theater. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take off and get to the other reviews. Goodbye, and hopefully you enjoyed our return. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>